Too scared. I'm not going to call you out. Thank you, uh, worship team. Did a fantastic job. Ruth looks like she's already ready for Christmas. The old green. Anything green and red just reminds me of Christmas. Thanks, Headley. Great word there, mate. Good stuff. Um, ah, so my name's Jim. I feel like I'm totally off the leash this morning because I'm wearing the headset and not the hand mic. And as a, as a Greek, I feel like I can really fly out in, out of my inner self. What? Oh, no plates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pastor Rob took a photo. He had a wedding not long ago and uh, he took a photo of, a, of the, the spit and uh, I was like, now that's a real barbecue. All right, so I'm not up here to talk about how good Greeks are, although I could talk 20 minutes about that, but I'm not going to. Um, yeah, so my name's Jim, Geordie. Good to see you, mate. How's that kid? Going good? Sleeping? Oh. Sometimes I wish people would say no. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, I know what it's like. <laughs> no, nah, good on you, mate. Good to see you. Uh, hey to people online. Uh, good to, for you to join us. Hopefully you can be in the flesh with us soon. So I've got a couple of jokes because, you know, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible we can't say jokes in the Word of God. Oh, hey, Belle <laughs> and Dan, how are you? Oh, what are you doing up here? It's good to see you. Okay, so if you're needing an ark, I know a guy. Jansen, did you get that? No. Oh. <laughs> if you need an ark, I know a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What type of, uh, what kind of exercise do lazy people do? Diddly squats. And what did uh, one ear say to the other ear? Between us, something smells. Oh, come on. Loosen up a bit. I'm the one that should be nervous, not you. I'm not going to start asking for credit cards. Far out. <laughs> okay. So as much as I can uh, wobble on forever, I'm obviously up here to talk about something a lot more serious. And this morning I'm going to speak to you about looking up. Now I'm going to pray. First of all, I just want you to know that I am just a vessel of God and that I pray this morning that you hear his words, that his spirit will touch your spirit. It's not about what I'm saying. It's not how I package it as much as I am a comedian and if upholstery goes belly up, I can probably go into the comedian world. <laughs> I doubt that. But... It's not, not about what I'm saying, it's what God can speak to you this morning and that's what I pray that uh, God can speak to you. So God, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for each person here. Lord, I just pray that they have hearts to receive what you want to say to them, Father. Lord, that they have ears to hear what you want to say to them, God. I thank you for the opportunity that it is that I can stand up here and speak your words, Father God, and your um, authority of what you are father god but lord i pray as people listen that it's your spirit they're hearing it's your voice father god i thank you for each person here and you'll bless them as they listen amen, amen. so look up look up now i'm going to jump into a story in the bible of the samaritan woman at the world which is at john 4 and i'm going to read through all the way to verse 6 and uh, hopefully this should get you in the mood. 
Now Jesus learned that the Philist—oh, I keep saying Philistines—the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judah and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to the town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his sons, Joseph's, to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down from the well, uh, by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said, "Will you give me a drink?" As his disciples had gone to town to buy some food. The Samaritan woman said, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him for a drink and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who has given the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give to them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I gave them will become them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said, Sir, give me this water so I won't thirst and I don't have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands and the man you are with now is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that this place where we worship must be in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when we worship the Father neither on this mountain nor on Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and is now come, and the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, remember that, and his worshippers must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah, called Jesus, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. What a story. This is, I'm pretty sure this is one of the longest conversations Jesus has with someone like this through... Uh, the chapter of John, but the entree part of this, I was really going to be tempted to get rid of this part, but I really wanted to bring it into our vision. Also, I don't know who needs to hear it, and I wanted to start by saying that, you know, Jesus loves you, Jesus has so much time for you, and Jesus accepts you just as you are. As humans, we condition this too often, looking cool, having new shoes, I've got new shoes, but I'm not built off of my, what I'm wearing and I know that God doesn't expect me to have new shoes or a shirt to come to him. So can I just encourage you, 
Rain, hail or shine from a personal level. Jesus loves you and wants to meet you right where you are. What those things that tie in this entree part of this song is about the one. Now this year is about the theme all about the one and I just wanted to touch on this that Jesus continued, so we're going to learn from one of the best teachers in the whole entire Bible and that's Jesus continues to have time for the one no matter the circumstance. Jesus was on the run, basically. He was tired, he was thirsty, yet he still had time for this Samaritan woman. Being tired, agenda, whatever it might be, there's really no excuse to be able to share our faith. And I really think that you know, Jesus, never, um, Jesus never let his feelings get in the way or the circumstance of just having a conversation with someone and then which obviously then led, led, led on to her salvation. So with Jesus, it's always a good time. So again, don't ever condition yourself to have to feel you've got to be one, two, three before we go into the presence or before we even talk to Jesus. You know, I'm jumping ahead, but it's like when this woman says, um, I, know, I know the Messiah's coming and he'll tell us everything. It's like, duh, he's right in front of you. It's like, you know, and again, it's... it's it's something that I think that we can, I think we can relate to as humans. And you know, sometimes I'm like, "Duh, Jesus is right here. Stop worrying about what I'm doing and how I'm doing it, and focus on what He's doing." So with Jesus, it's always a good time. Now, Jesus obviously is in a human form, and again, I'm trying to, I'm going to touch on two kind of basics here, and that this is our human, human form and our spiritual form, and. Uh, Jesus was tired. That's you know it's, it says that he sat down. Jacob's well uh, were tired from the journey. Now just to put it in perspective, this journey that he's just walked is about 58 k's or 13 hours, or if you want to picture it, it's to Cummins if you go on that way. Oh, hang on, Cummins if you go on that way, Coulter if you go on that way, and Lipson if you go on that way. That's how far they just walked. Who's walked a kilometre? Yeah, show of hands, keep your hand up. Who's walked 10 kilometres? Gosh, oh, Michael. 25 k's? Who's... Really? 45 k's? Walked? No? 60 k's? No? Yeah, Pastor Rob, you are for sure. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's just, I just found it interesting that Jesus was still tired from his journey. So, just a side point, it's okay to sometimes be tired, but don't let it suffocate maybe a conversation that you can have or give someone, which again, I'm jumping ahead here, but I'm time conscious because I ravel a lot. So I'm trying to just get all my points out. And uh, yeah, so my point being, Jesus never let his feelings get in the way. And I think if we can really try and become aligned with him, then we'll find that we won't let our feelings get in the way either of sharing. All right, that's the entree-ish. Now, I know life can be hard. I know life has its curveballs. I know life can be draining. You know, this week for me has been a very emotionally draining week. Um, we went to Adelaide for a few days for an appointment. And while I was there, my grandpa has been put into a nursing home. And the last time I saw my grandpa, he was very mobile and kind of, you know, he's got small like snippets of dementia when I saw him maybe three, four months ago. But... I thought I'd go see him just, 
you know, go see him at the home. And, uh, you know, a man that was uh, such a strong pillar to the, to the family and kept the family together through a lot of ups and downs through just life and, you know, when my dad was around and whatnot. It was just so, um, like, hard to see such a strong-natured man. He's basically in one of those chairs. He's kind of lost mobility. You know, he drinks... Um, he eats through a straw type of thing, and it just it really it really rattled my mindset just as functioning you know like i th- I kind of didn't crash a car, but I did something that I shouldn't have done with a car, and I'm like i just it just it rattled me like I just couldn't think past it, and the reason I'm explaining this is again there's that it's okay you know to obviously have these human things, but I'm just saying it does affect us emotionally we're spiritual people. And stuff like this does affect us. And, you know, I always like this perfect lead up to when I'm either worship leading or whether I'm, if I'm preaching or, you know, you want to have the perfect week going into it. You want to feel good, close to God. You want to have all these things go right, you know, have all these encounters through the week. But, you know, I really had to fight for, for myself to get into the frame of mind because, to me, I had... So many reasons to maybe call Pastor Rob and be like, hey, Pastor Rob, not, not this week. I'm just not feeling it. I've had a bad week, you know, whatever. Now, I'm not standing up here because I've bet the week and here I am. I'm still walking through it. But, you know, that what I want you to take away from this story is that God still wants to use us in the midst of our valley. God still wants to use me in the midst of me feeling like I'm not able to do what I, what I do. Now, there's a level in it all. Don't get me wrong. We're not here to kill ourselves. But, you know, it's something important about when we don't let our feelings and our, you know, certain things kind of stop us from being a beacon to others. You know, and then something happened at work. You know, we had a customer come in, a job that we did, you know, blew open. Or, ah, I won't go into it. But I was in my head, I'm like, any other week? Like, why this week when I'm already kind of, at the bottom, it's going. I'm going further down, and you know, I really felt that. Again, like when we are weak, he is strong, and people come into work, and you know, I do. To me, I do have a professional side to you know to still be, you know, give them the service they need from a, from a business aspect, but more importantly, dealing with this certain client that something had happened, you know. I still want to deal with it peacefully, you know, and still give the guy hope. Like, oh, this is this happened. What are we going to do? I'm halfway through doing this. Rah, rah, rah. You know, and I could then go, well, look, mate, it's not my problem. It's your problem. You know, you didn't tack it down properly, whatever. But I know that God still wanted to use me in this conversation to then go, no, 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 look, we'll sort it out. That's, that's, you know, there's something about the peace and the hope that God gives us that we can actually install into a conversation that we have with other people. And that's where this spiritual level comes in. Because then that then controls our character, our emotion, on then how we can then return something that someone's maybe thrown at us. So that's just the entree bit. And I've got not much time left. All right. The blockages. So jumping straight in. The blockages. So this woman was caught up in, you know, the fleshly things. You know, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. You have nothing to use in this world. Like Jesus talking about this deep, uh, this living water, and she's thinking, well, you don't have a bucket, and the world's deep. 
How are you even going to get... Like, she's thinking physically, well, how are we going to get down there? Like, it's, is it deeper than this depth? It's, you know, give me this water so I don't have to keep thirst and I don't have to keep coming back here. You know, she's thinking humanly, like she's thinking physically. The thing I love about Jesus is that he continues to stay on focus on the kind of, you know, the, the, the thing of what he's trying to tell this woman. And that's obviously he has an internal living water that she can have too. But she just kept getting caught up on the differences, what I don't have, the world's deep. Um, they're all human blockages that were stopping her from seeing a spiritual conversation with Jesus. All, all to the point to you know, miss through the whole story until the end that she's actually talking to the Messiah. The thing I love about Jesus again is when this lady's getting, this Samaritan woman's getting caught up in what she doesn't have and what the differences between them is that, again, what I said earlier, Jesus stays focused on the topic by saying, you know, if you knew the gift and who it is asking. So he's giving her hints. If you drink this water I give to you, you'll never thirst again and you'll have a well, welling up to internal life. You know, I can relate with this Samaritan woman because I'm human and I put human conditions on things that God wants to talk to me in a spiritual way and then as a human I'll try and put my human conditioning around it or my human wrapping around it. It doesn't work. You know, God's, God's not... Uh, you know, that we're only holding God back. It's, I'm Jimmy and I haven't had a good week, so you know, I'm not going to preach this week. I wasn't actually meant to preach this week. It was actually meant to be Beth, but, and then I was meant to be on December and we did a little swap and uh, I thought, you know, like, I, I kind of had that moment, like, oh, well, you know, Beth, I'm doing this for you, I'm taking it now. You know, I'm not taking it now. Like, I enjoy doing it, but I don't enjoy getting out of my comfort zone. And that's, another, that's probably a whole other scripture. Ah, scripture, a whole other message. So God's trying to speak to us in a spiritual way. I don't have what I need, God, you know, or look at this task at hand, look at in front of me, like, what am I going to do with these, you know, whatever it might be, you know, like we always try to look at I don't have or I don't need or, sorry, I don't have or look at the task at hand. We're quick to want to put the eyes in, like she says, is, you know, well, give me this water so I don't have to thirst and I don't have to keep coming back here all the time, you know, filling these jars up. Imagine like the uh, Joshua at the walls of Jericho, you know, like seeing the wall and being like, man, give me, like, give me a dozer or something. Or um, David and Goliath, you know, seeing Goliath and seeing little David and, you know, I'd want, I'd want a big gun. You know, give me something that makes physical sense. It, just, it doesn't, does it? From a human nature, it doesn't make sense. And then we got Daniel in the lion's den. You know, it's just... We, it is a, to me, it is second nature for us sometimes to want to humanly reason with the spiritual assignment that maybe God's given us. And the, the other, one of the third points about what we do is we... We condition it, you know, so we try to go, well, God, I'll do it, but can I have this or can I do it then or say something I hear and I'm not having a crack at anyone, so don't get offended, which now you're offended, but whatever. 
that it's like, well, look, I'll serve, but I can only serve once every five weeks, you know, whatever. It's like, don't, don't condition the gift that God, wants to, that God has for you. Again, I get life gets in the way. I live a life, you live a life, we all live it. But that's not condition the gift and the... Or the gift and the fulfilment that God has for you because of the human calculator of going, well, very so many hours in a day and maybe I'll come to church twice a month. You know, like we've got to, we've got to really think outside the, the human square and get the spiritual, get our spiritual activated so then it navigates for us. The spiritual meaning. It's a non-physical part of a person which is seeded of the emotion and the character of the soul. So it is a very important part of who we are to then navigate how we react, like I did to this guy on the phone, how my emotion is, to then maybe how I'm carrying the week over, how my character, uh, I said character, you know, it, it affects so much and it's influenced in who I am. God wants to communicate to you from a spiritual level. And I think when we can really... Talk to him. That's why I think he says in spirit and in truth so you can speak to him in a spiritual language then it's really going to help us kind of snuffle our human calculator to then be able to you know, get on with whatever the, the assignment is that God's given us. Can I have the musos please? So I feel like God can do this to us. I'm just going to have a drink. I feel like God does this to us to... Oh, sorry. Jesus calls her out. I'm getting ahead of myself. Jesus called the Samaritan woman out by saying, well, go get your husband, and then she, and then he... Prophesies and obviously says, well, you don't have a husband, you actually have five husbands. Blah, blah, blah. It changes her thinking. Oh, you're a prophet. Oh, and then gets her mind from a human to a spiritual level. So sometimes, look, I don't like being called out. No one does really. But Jesus called her out. So then it changed her thinking to then go basically get out or forget about what you're doing and think about the spiritual words of what I'm saying and you know this can come from us being accountable to people you know which again I know it comes with the trust thing but again us as humans it's like you know we put too many conditions on who we want to be accountable to so oh, I just don't feel right about it you know it's it can help us it can help God speak to you in pulling you calling you out to then go hey stop looking at this like the like that and start looking at it in a, in a spiritual level and that's what I believe Jesus did to this woman he called her out by profitable by saying the husband thing because when he calls us out he deals with some stuff and we all have stuff no one's perfect and we've all got reasons of why you know why, why what, when and how but we do need it. We do need to be called out from time to time because it really does shift our minds out of our own world into the heavenly world. best thing about this is that God is in the removal business and God will help us remove the things that are blocking us from hearing more spiritual um, 
life in us. You know, I I look at it as a way of you know we all have a spiritual man and a physical man. You know, my I like to think that my spiritual man is bigger than my physical man because I'm standing here. <laughs> so it's you know the spirit is what's leading me to do something that's outside of my natural comfort zone. You know, I love looking at Beth and watching her worship lead because she's such a small person, small frame, small voice, yet she just powers in her way of authority and her spiritual level of what she's believing God's going to do. And I, I just, I see Beth like this humanly, but then when I look at her from a spiritual level, like I just look at her as a giant and I think, you know, she's such, a, she's such an encouragement. So, but that's how we all are too. I only see it through Beth because I'm her husband and I see her, you know, from day to day. But it's, um, we all have this spiritual man. But can I encourage you? I didn't share this in the first half, but can we try and make it, uh, make it a, a job, whatever you want to call it, to have our spiritual man taller than our natural man? So then our spiritual man is what actually leads our natural human you know, ability to walk, you know, and to really kind of glue the glue it together is, you know, we want to walk behind our spiritual, you know, person, and that's obviously then being aligned with what Jesus is doing in us every day. And the best thing at the end of this story is that Jesus reveals Himself. Jesus doesn't leave this lady hanging, and He's not going to leave you hanging either. He's going to be there. That's why I started this morning. That's why He loves you just as you are. He loved this woman just as she was. So again, Jesus wants to be able to cover his arms around us and love on us. And Jesus reveals himself to this to the Samaritan woman. And then again, I didn't share this in the first half, but again, you know, being that he's he done this, his disciples returned, and she ran back to the town. And I don't know if I've got this one in there, but in 39, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. And this is this is another huge part of us as Christians is that our testimony can help um, can help save the lost, can help. Obviously, Jesus is what's doing it, but. It's an important part of who we are is for the others, for the one. Who is that one in your life? If you don't have one, then I pray that you know God will show you one. Because it, it is our testimony. And again, from what happened through this story that we learned from the Bible, the Samaritan woman, there's, this, there's so much in this story. It can go many ways. But this is kind of my version of it this week. I'm sure it will be different next week. So. What I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to open open the altar for you to come and receive something. I believe that Jesus wants to meet you where you are. I believe that there's going to be a human blockage that's come into your mind right now on why you can't come to the front. You might have not had your best shirt on. You might not have new shoes on. Whatever it might be physically, humanly. But get rid of those things and just... If you have a certain blockage in your life and you want prayer for it this morning, if you want to stand, and the team's going to uh, lead into a song after I pray, but can I really encourage you, if there's something, it could be as small 
as a P. Ah, oh, here's one for you. So I was, I missed the first half of the service because me and Ebony were in the kitchen unblocking the uh, the coffee grinder because it blocked up. And uh, so talk about something that's physically stopping someone from a spiritual because you need coffee to be spiritual. So. I, uh, with me and Ebs there, Ebs got the straw and we're trying to unblock this cavity, but you know, the silly thing. And uh, really, it was just a build up of like many little things that then have obviously like filled the, the thing that's meant to make the coffee come out. So, my point being, it could be small blockage, it could be huge, but can I just encourage you that no matter how big, how small, Jesus wants to put his hand on it, Jesus wants to breathe over it and remove it because he wants you to live and be living from this living water that he wants to install to you. So I'll pray and then the team can lead up and please don't be afraid to come up the front and receive some prayer from the team. So God, I just thank you. I thank you that you love us just as we are. I thank you that we don't need to condition ourselves to come before you. I thank you that we may feel that it's such a big blockage between me and you, Father God. But Lord, I pray that uh, that uh, you empower us to to be called out, Lord. That you know, we know that you've called us by name. And Father, I pray that we'll be called out this morning. That your Spirit and your presence is here. That we can be aware of it, Father God. We can remove the distractions, God. And I just pray that it's not my words, but it's your Spirit, it's your anointing, it's your power, it's your authority that you have, Father God. And I just pray that people will come to want to receive, Lord, that you can seal this message in your own words. And I thank you that you are doing great works in us.